Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This is the Go Long Podcast here with Jim Monas virtually this week. We aren't at Hamburg Brewing Company, uh, but I do have a little bit lager now in my left hand here. 6.0 lager with citra. A fine beer to have in Western New York this time of year. Jim, you're, yeah. you're down in Charleston. Down in Charleston right now, just getting away a little bit, trying to you know get my mind right for the Louis Locks. Make sure we keep rolling the Louis locks. I mean, we got to keep winning. I, you know what? Uh, I miss being at the ham. I miss being at the brewery though. We our vibe. We've been doing really well there. We have a good vibe there. Our picks are good. So we'll, we'll have to get back there hopefully next week. Definitely grab a little beef on wick. Throw back oh. a hop timonium, a Louis, maybe yeah. a grounded. Um, <laughs> I couldn't believe that when you texted me this week that our Louis locks are. I mean, I guess we'll get to it. And the next app here that's uh, on people's phones. But what's our record in the Louis Lock? It's, I think I got to look at it again. I think it's nine. I have it. I, eight, three, eight, three, and one. I think it's eight, three, and one the last couple. Yeah. Which is really good against the spread, you told me. I really oh, it's on. really good. It's really good. So we should be happy with that. So, yeah. Well, we have a really awesome guest. Uh, we just did the interview with Joshua Harris. He's Lamar yeah, Jackson's cool. uh, private quarterbacks coach. Just unbelievably nice guy he's a he's a high school english teacher he's a father of four the man does it all and he's been coaching lamar jackson uh since his teenage years down there in in south florida so he really that was my favorite part of the whole interview yeah yeah the youth football but he was talking about how lamar is always juking people because that's what that's how everybody plays down in miami in youth football i I love that it's it's a different world man when you've got People, grown adults betting on six and seven-year-olds, thousands of dollars. Uh, you don't get that in Western New York. You know, we, did, we didn't have that at our uh, midget football games back in the day. 
We'll see if we can maybe get it. Maybe we'll get that going. Maybe that's next on the list. If I stick around Western New York long yeah. enough, we'll see. Well, you know, that that's an untapped market with gambling legal. Maybe we should just start, yeah. you know, let's legitimize it. Get down there. We got the local Boston Patriots, you know, third and fourth graders <laughs> here. Let's uh, let's start it up. Why not make, make a little money? Uh, there, there's, I mean, there, I don't even know where you want to go, Jim, but holy cow. We'll, we'll definitely talk some Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. I cannot wait for that game this week. The Bills obviously crushed Kansas City. I uh, got into all of that with Isaiah McKenzie on the Isaiah McKenzie show. Yeah. Go long. He was yep. remarkable. Just kind of shed the light on that. Um, anything else? I mean, that jumps out to you, Jim, that you want to dive into? Well, here? when you look at the quarterback, when the quarterback rankings come out tomorrow for at the go long that nobody cares about really, but we'd like to talk about, it. but the, the cream is rising right now to the top. Um, it's, it's really special to see these guys. The quarterback play in this in the league right now is so fun to watch. I mean, you're seeing Russell Wilson before he got hurt last Thursday was playing phenomenal. Lamar Jackson, we know what he did. Josh Allen, I don't know if I've scored a game better than Josh Allen, what he did the other night against KC. So Aaron Rodgers, what he and Devontae Adams are doing right now is, I don't know if the NFL's ever seen a connection like this. It's, it's the Rodgers ball placement every time that Adams and his ability to adjust and make those behind the back shoulder catches is just, it's so fun to watch. So, you know, and if people want more on Rogers and Adams, um, the subscribers can get the, uh, the podcast with Bob McGinn. He, he had the historical perspective on Devonte Adams's uh, season so far. It's unbelievable. Like what he's doing through five games, it has never been done in, in team history, really NFL history just dominant absolutely dominant wow. but i'm looking at your rankings yeah you know, and for those who don't know plus minus grading yep. um you might get two if it's really really good you might get minus two, two, two if it's like, really, yeah, really, really like bad. On two. the one is hey that was man that was really good two is you don't see that often you know you're not going to get a lot of those in a game aaron Rodgers, aaron Rodgers racks up twos a lot hmm. he and that that's what really is is so incredible about him but um you know, and that's what, like Lamar Jackson the other night, you know, his first half wasn't very good. He was missing some play- players. He did lose a fumble. So those are minus points. And then the second half was like nothing we've ever watched. So put him, you know, he still scored really well and all that. But it's really fun to see, you know, like for on these rankings right now, the one quarterback that hasn't jumped out of me this year that everybody keeps talking about is Matt Stafford, where I think he has a lot. He has a room for improvement. He can play Gee. better than he's playing. He's missing a lot of guys. He's making the, the, the plays are there. The guys are open and he's missing them. Now he's also making some throws too, but that those misses are go, go against him. And I, that's a guy I'm just watching right now to see, you know, is he going to take that step to get into that elite category that you see those top 10 guys right now. They're all, I mean, they're all playing at a high level. That is absolutely what jumps out to me more than anything, Jim is, you have Justin Fields, 17, Well, Matthew Stafford, 18, where I think, you know, naked eye, we're watching games here well, and there. We're looking at stats. You would assume Stafford is way superior. Explain yes. what, what you're really looking at. So the issue is Fields, they're hiding Fields a little bit where he's not throwing. He's not having a lot of throws. And he just threw for 111 yards and yeah. won a game. And he didn't do anything. He didn't play very well. And they just beat Vegas. So basically he doesn't have a lot of, 
he's not hurting himself, but he's not making a ton of great throws. You know what I'm saying? So Fields hasn't had, let that shake out because he has only played like three games. So his sample size isn't really, you know, good enough yet. That'll shake itself out. But for Stafford, you know, he throws so much that, you know, he's, he's acquiring so many attempts and not, you know, always, and missing guys. That's why his, his rating's a little low right now. I'm saying, you know, the, the narrative what's pushed in, in every media channel is that Matt, Matthew Stafford is rejuvenated with the Los Angeles Rams. Look out, they're looks, taking over the NFL. Like looked, he looks like he does at Georgia. The same issue at Georgia coming out was his accuracy where, yes, all the arm talent, all that's easy to see, but he does miss guys. And he's doing it again. He did it in Detroit too. I mean, it's just what he, he has that one little part of his game that he's not always the most accurate quarterback. It's not about, yeah, he can make every throw. We all know that. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah, man. Well, I, I can't wait for this weekend. Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, talk about two supremely <laughs> gifted quarterbacks and two totally different ways. Who would you take out of those two? No, I, I, right now I'd still have to go Lamar. It's just too crazy. It's too special. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to say it's an, it's not an easy decision because Herbert, but Herbert, Herbert, something, he's almost like Lamar a little bit where he's getting, he's better in the clutch right now. Like they're starting off, the Chargers aren't starting off games great necessarily, but you know, all the time with Herbert. So, but he's so good. I mean, you're talking about franchise franchise guys i mean and I, I love everything the chargers are doing as a that we keep talking about that coach the more he talks the more i want to listen to him yeah i mean i really enjoy hearing his his i even the stuff he talked about with gruden i thought was well said um to the point made a made a strong statement in what he said but not like didn't sell Gruden out, didn't really, you know, he, yeah. he did it in a way that it just felt sorry for, you know, felt bad for a lot of people. And it's just that he just knows how to be a leader. He really does. He, he does. I mean, he puts everything perfectly. He like threads the perfect yes. needle and articulates exactly what he wants to say in a digestible way. And it's digestible in, you know, social media and Twitter, where every, everybody is, you know, schizophrenic and their attention span lasts 1.2 seconds. I mean, to, to, to be able to like explain something in a profound way, it's not, it's not easy to do. And he does it. He pulls up, whether he's he talking about it. running the football, Lamar Jackson, John Gruden, it doesn't matter what the topic is. No, I, I can't picture him being like uh, Vic Fangio and complaining about the a team, you know, running the score up or running the ball at the end of the game for yards and Jim Schwartz chasing after Harbaugh. I, I can't picture <laughs> Staley doing. He just seems very like business. Like I, you know, I get it. There's, there's so much mental that goes into the game that we're starting to see a lot of these coaches. The, the, I, th I feel like we're seeing changing in these head coaches on, on their mentality. It's not all about the rah, rah, tough, you know, how we think of guys. Yeah. But see, that's where I'll push back a little. Cause I mean, Dan oh. Campbell, like those tears, oh, man. Dan I felt Campbell, for him. Hey, great. I'm not saying he doesn't love football. He can love football, but I mean, that's a hard loss. That's okay. I don't care if you cry after a loss, but are you doing the right thing? I don't know enough about Campbell. If he's preparing. His there, team. I, it seems like this is a team that doesn't have much talent. 
like that is staying in games they have no business staying in and yeah, they're so losing they're losing in like a tough that's part of the, yeah so he is probably very intelligent i'm not saying he's not i'm just saying it's you know i don't necessarily know if he's the tough guy coach or not but yeah oh, man it's such a balance because there are coaches who try to project this hard ass mentality well, that it, yeah and Gruden, so let's let's go there i mean we, he's come up a handful of times on the podcast. Um, you didn't yeah. have a ton of interactions with him other than seeing him at that Hooters, right? <laughs> I saw him at the Hooters when I was starting out, and then he did come and meet with us in New Orleans um, after he got mm-hmm. fired. He did spend a, in a pre-draft meeting and went through the players he watched. And, you know, he loves football, and, and I don't know him at all. I said he never seemed like my type of guy that I'd want to, you know, be around. That's just not my style. But um, it, it's it, – Staley really said it better the, – the, um, Chargers coach said it best. I mean, you just feel for you just feel for everybody. You just feel for everybody that he spoke about, whether it's the women, his homophobic stuff, racial stuff. It's just it, it's just how well how could he? I don't know how could he do that? You know how do you put those emails out there? And and yeah, he's the. I know that everybody's saying, hey, why is he the fall guy? I mean, there's gonna be a lot more that comes from this story and. I think we're going to see a lot. I'm excited. Well, I don't know if excited is the word. I hope we can find some stuff that's going into the hiring processes of these coaches on some of these emails. And why aren't, you know, are the best guys getting hired? You know, are the most qualified guys being hired for the coaching job? So I'm interested to see if there's anything there with that. I don't know how much we should hold our breath, though. I mean, the NFL is this multi-billion dollar corporation (laughs) that knows how to manipulate, control, filter information at a level that we can't even comprehend. I mean, this was so calculated. This is, I mean, talk about the ultimate head fake, you know, whatever you want to call it, misdirection to, to, to make John Gruden, like, look, obviously what is in those emails is abhorrent. I mean, it's awful. It's not even arguable. But for that to be like, who, like, who did you piss off, John Gruden? Like, for you to be that person when there is clearly way more stuff out there in these hundreds of thousands of emails, um, it's, it's, it's being, it, this is calculated. This is very calculated. I mean, the, this, the NFL knows what they're doing. You know, I guess my first thought on John Gruden was, we talked about it on this podcast, but Lynn Bowden's story. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't just Gruden. There was a lot of Mike Mayock there too, but he really felt like the Raiders as, as an organization kind of wrote him off as a thug. Um, when his hometown in Youngstown, Ohio was, was raided, uh, a drug raid, FBI, all this, you know, it was a big deal. It's in the news. You can look it up, but they just found all of his guns and the, the interim head coach right now, Rich Bisaccia, my mispronunciation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is who was talking to Lynn Bowden and, and, and the coaches in the room around Bisaccia, they didn't, they didn't know that Lynn Bowden was listening to everything that it was on speakerphone like he, he he could hear this all and they were writing him off basically after this happened this is before they even reported for training camp so he felt like John Gruden Mike Mayock the Raiders never even gave him a shot that they wrote him off as somebody with a bunch of guns that had their home raided and so yeah they, they let him go after camp it didn't work out a running back that was definitely a factor and now he's on injured reserve for the Dolphins and so it's too bad he can't really see what he can do there but yeah I I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know what else is out there, but there's something. 
Do you think it's a coincidence that Sean Taylor is having his, uh, what his numbers being retired this weekend? They just announced that. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, no, it's, 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 it's ugly. That's ugly. Yeah. You know, the other thought too, Jim, it's, I think the NFL, they're okay. Like, and it seems, it seems like they're taking a lot of bullets here. Right. It seems like, you know, the, the, you know, there's so many columns being written and, and so many takes being shot yeah. into the atmosphere. I mean, the, it seems like the league is under assault right now and that uh, people are writing, you know, what John Gruden had in those emails. That's, that's the NFL. That's what this league is about. I feel like the NFL, they, they probably knew that that would be the reaction. And I don't think that they're that upset that we're not seeing what else is in those emails. I don't think that they're that upset that we're not talking about things like the forgotten 400 in our Don Mikowski story. Let's talk about these retired players that have their disability cut back. There's a lot of other issues. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that we don't talk about when we're talking about this other stuff. It's, it's very similar to politics, you know, both sides of the aisle messaging, what what message is being pushed? When is it being pushed? And what aren't we talking about in that moment? Oh, We're not talking about so much right now. Um, I mean, I just hung out with Don Mikowski here. I mean, his body's been beat to hell, 23 surgeries. He's held together with screws and titanium plates and he battled depression. And, and he says, hey, look, there's guys w- way worse than me right now. And in the new CBA, the benefits that they had getting disability from the league, and social security is being rolled back. Um, that's just one example. So it's like, we're not talking about when, when, concussions. Like that wasn't, I feel like concussions were in the headlines constantly five, six years ago. And then whether it's social justice, which the NFL is now magically behind, right? Like they kind of viewed that as an opportunity to get behind this stuff all of a sudden. I, I just feel like we're not, we're, we haven't talked about this huge issue. And I don't think it's no, an accident. Con- the concussion thing, it, th- that is just incredible how that just, I mean, it's still, it's still, I mean, we know it's still a major thing. Yeah. Daniel Jones, I don't know if you saw his hit against, oh. um, how is he, I, I, like, how is he playing this week? I don't get, I don't understand how it's just like, snap the finger, he passed concussion protocol, he's good to go. What, what is, I don't even know, I don't even know enough about it. I don't know, maybe it's fine, but it just seemed, that was scary, like to see him wobbling like that. And, but now he's ready he to play this week. He's going to play. I'll take it one step further. I, I mean, they're telling us it wasn't a concussion. He told us it wasn't a concussion. Devontae Adams. I mean, we all saw that hit he took in that all San Francisco. It. it looked like he was freaking murdered on a football field. I mean, that was oh. brutal, brutal. And then he play, he comes back on the game winning drive to have those two catches. Oh, like, yeah. if that's not Devontae Adams, are they back on that field? I don't I don't know. Don't want to be conspiracy theorists, but uh, no, it's a good point. I got a kick out of Chris Collinsworth though. Like, he's he's been kind of under fire here in Buffalo, but during that game, like after Devontae Adams is you know basically decapitated on a football field, they show him on the bench. I think Chris Collinsworth said something like, "Oh, look, looks like he's good. He's good he to did. go." He did say it like that. He did. Yeah. Yep. He's fine, Chris. Everything's good. Everything looked normal. Yeah. He looks great. And the Bills Chiefs game. I hate to pile on anybody. Like the, the Bills Chiefs game. Um. God, Bills fans are they're irate over Chris Collinsworth right now. But I, you know, the backlash is a little extreme. But there was that moment 
when I think a Chiefs player, maybe it was Bolton, kind of rolled up Josh Allen's ankle in a pile. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty deliberate. Yeah. And he said, uh, hey, if you want to run your quarterback, that, that stuff's going to happen in there, you know? Like, yeah. You know, I know. I, I, he was one that I actually kind of liked for a while, too. I, is there a broadcaster you like and one you don't like? No, I, you know, I don't mind. Um, I don't mind Collinsworth, um, but he does seem different than he used to be. Uh, well, I don't feel like he, yeah, I don't feel like he's as dialed in as he used to be. And, and I don't know. I'm not noticing that. I'm, I don't, I'm not hearing anything that um, I want to hear something. Maybe I didn't see, or, you know, give me some type of, you know, on the, I think, I think Riddick does a good, I do think Lewis Riddick does a good job on Monday night football. I, I do think he's good. Just, I, you know, just, I root for him because, you know, the whole scouting background and I think he gives some good, I think he does give some good stuff, those guys, but no, I can't sit there and say there's an announcer. I really want to hear. That's why I like the red zone. Yeah, man, I'm still learning this red zone channel. It's a little too manic for me. I mean, it's, I can't get enough, but it's, I, I, is there somebody you like? I don't really, I can't really off the top yeah. of my head. There's not somebody I'm like dying to hear. You know, Riddick's very good. You're, you're, you'll I always learn something. Job. I mean, I, I like Tony Romo at, at first. I think though, he seems, he seems a, different to me now. He's a legacy quarterback, right? Yeah. And you watch that Packers Steelers game and Ben Roethlisberger, it was a rough game for him. Now look, oh. they won, you know, I'm probably a little more pro Ben pro Steelers. I, I still think that this is a team that could, contend to a degree but that game it was it was pretty ugly and he was he did not want to criticize Ben Roethlisberger at least it sure didn't seem like it you know quarterbacks kind of looking for quarter so I don't know some of that with him Uh, but you do but he he does show you a side of the game you're not going to get so he's pretty good he is he knows he knows it but you know who I love more than anybody and it's like with announcers and broadcasters I'm not looking for somebody to like be a plus you know, inject my brain with knowledge, like right. play to play. I it, it's more so if I'm going to hear you calling a game, it'd be good to be entertained, have a little fun. Gus Johnson, baby, give me well, Gus. He's good. Give me he's Gus good. all day. Like he is his hilarious. Energy, his energy, yeah, he's good. Some, yeah, he does a great job. Joel Clapp, his partner, they do a good job on that. They're, they're good. He just like, and he's not afraid to have fun. Like probably it, it makes me. Than I think. Guys, guys are terrified to say anything. So, They're no. terrified of Twitter. They they play to play. They're scared of how things will be perceived, tweet to tweet, play to play, than actually telling us what's on their mind. Like, like don't I don't want insipid, bland, blah broadcast. And that's kind of what most are. Most are pretty much they just are. blah. Nobody's really great. Nobody's really bad. It's just bleh. that's what I mean. I don't. That's all, the only guys I listen to are Collinsworth and and the Monday night crew because, or the Thursday night game with Troy Aikman, right. like other than that, I watched red zone. So I don't have to hear any of that. <laughs> That's a good way to operate, man. I like it. Well, let's get right into our interview. Uh, yeah. Unless there's something else you want to hit on Jim. No, I think we hit it. That was good. I'm, I'm excited for see how the bills play that this is, a, this is going to be, and we'll talk about this in Louis locks. Cause I have something in the, that game, but I, this is when you really, again, show yourself as a great team is having a big win like that against Kansas city, but follow it up, follow it up with a team that you're much better than they're better than Tennessee. Tennessee is not playing very well this year. They're very, they're struggling. Um, everything's hard for Tennessee right now. 
you know, I'm not saying they're not, they do have some good players, but they're not playing well. Their defense is not stopping anybody. And I don't know how you stop this Buffalo offense. So this is a game I think Buffalo should win. I really do. I, I, but it's tough. Just beat Casey. Now you got to go back on the road. That's always tricky. That can be a little tricky, but the great teams find ways to do this. Yeah. Let, let, let's hit on that before we get to this yeah. interview. Uh, Buffalo just smashed them. I mean, I, I didn't think that, I didn't see that coming. Um, you and Matt Miller did a lot more than me. I, there was still that part in my brain. That's like, all right, Patrick Mahomes is going to turn it on. You know, maybe if that flag isn't, called you know deep in buffalo's territory they get the ball back down 11 i think maybe that's the moment things kind of get rolling but other than that it was josh allen it was the bills um if you haven't check out the isaiah mckenzie show it's at golongtd.com apple spotify he got into all this uh josh allen's progression what it was like behind the scenes i I thought it was interesting he kind of admitted that this was more than just a another game it wasn't yeah it wasn't what spewed at microphone as oh one of 17 no this this meant something more to your point and i love how the bills i love how they handled themselves the whole that whole they at once they knew it was over they were it was just it was happiness but it wasn't like they won the super bowl there's more to come this team is this team's locked in right now this team is locked in any concern i mean not to be a negative nancy here <laughs> no any concern though 17 game season i mean they're just dominating in every way it's mid-October. Yeah. There's a it's lot hard. left. It's a marathon. It's hard. It's How hard. do you sustain this? It's hard. How do that's you play why it's, this that's well? Why goes, that week-to-week league thing is so real. That's why you're gonna. It's it's how do you how do you maintain sustain it the whole season health-wise too? Because the Bills are pretty healthy. So I think they're getting Milano back this week. Is he playing this week? I think so. They, they do catch. I mean, the Titans are getting a little healthier. I, I get it. They haven't looked that sharp. They just, I'm not saying they're a bad team. I'm just saying what they haven't, their defense isn't good. No. Now, the whole connection, the Julio's coming back, I think. AJ Brown, Brown is Brown drops, Brown drops one or two. I'm telling you, he drops the ball a lot. Yeah, he does. He drops the ball too much for me. And, Tan, you know, they everything is off Henry. And, you know, I just feel like the Bills find ways to stop a guy like Henry and make Tannehill beat you. And I still don't think Tennessee's defense is going to slow down Buffalo. I mean, so, hmm. yeah, I just don't see it. I, I just haven't seen much from Tennessee that gets me that excited. It's hard to bet against Buffalo. I don't care who they play. Right now it is. I did last right. week. I'm not doing it again. Um, they're, they're, they're a runaway freight but train. But it's still the NFL. And it's still, if, if they get rolling, Henry gets rolling, and, and you never know. When a turnover somehow, take, you know, it's right. just that's the – like you said, that call went the Bills' way. The, the the Josh Allen late hit, you know, that was a good. That, that's the stuff that happens sometimes. You know, it gets lost by Wednesday, but the officiating has been well, atrocious this year. I mean, this is all time. Football's hard to watch. Yeah, football's hard to watch. It's some of these primetime games. The officials want to make it about themselves. They really do. Uh, and the rules are set. The the way the rules are written now, it's like, yeah, they they almost do have to throw a flag because this is what they're. This is how the, the rules are written. Like they hadn't thrown a flag on Frank Clark for that because he dug the you shoulder know, in. I mean, did they? Well, the shoulder, you know, I but he's a guy they're watching anyway, right? That's a guy that is, you know, that's a guy that they're paying special attention to. Frank Clark has man. So how do you not I'm find a saying, middle ground as an NFL though? It's like, it's brutal. It's brutal. I hate it. I hate it. I feel like there was a middle ground there, you know, early two thousands, yeah. maybe, but 
you know, in the early nineties, 94, that we have it linked on that Mikowski story. I mean, when Terry Wooden picks up Don Mikowski, pile drives his head into the kingdom, like, and he wasn't even flagged. We can all agree that's not what we need to see in football today. And then we can all agree that Frank Clark, what that was flagged like that. There's some, there's a place to live. Like how can Somewhere. they not? Yeah, how do they have to throw? Why do they have to throw that flag? They could tell it was not. It was not. It just wasn't. Man. All right, let's do it. Joshua Harris, Lamar Jackson's private quarterbacks coach. I think everybody's going to learn a side of Lamar Jackson and uh, football in South Florida. It's a little intense down there that that, that they haven't heard or read before. So, uh, without further ado, here we go. All right, we're welcomed now by the great Joshua Harris, um, handling you know one of the million things on his to-do list for the day. I'm sure it's an honor, it's a pleasure. Hopefully, our readers and listeners, um, you know, hopefully, this name rings a bell because we've had you on our happy hour talking about Lamar Jackson and quarterback play today. We talked for some stories that go along. Um, if, for those who don't know, this is Lamar Jackson's private quarterbacks coach for. Got since back to high school. So I, I'll let him kind of introduce that relationship, how it grew. But it's great to see you, Joshua. Thanks so much for making time. It's a pleasure. And I, I like coming on these because when people, the great Joshua Harris, I don't hear that much. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of quarterback gurus out there. And a lot of them, they make sure that they're out there. You know, they're out there. <laughs> they're, on, they're on ESPN, NFL Network. They're, yep. they're very good at that game. But, um, yeah. I mean, Wait, got let me ask Josh the true question to ask Josh. <laughs> oh boy. To be a, to be a quarterback <laughs> guru, do you have a broom? Do you have a broom that, that you wave during drills? I do. I do. That, that's, that's all I need to know. Then you're you're legit. You're you're good. We're good to go. <laughs> There's only so much you can do. You have to have one. Yeah, you do. You do. You do. <laughs> I mean, every everybody does something different. I mean, Otis, uh, yeah, Leverett. I'm Leverett. You know, chatted to him for uh, this story on Jameis Winston. I mean, he's he's knocking Jameis around like they're they're roughing him up. Everybody has their own way of doing it. Well, here goes the first story you brought up: the broom. Lamar hates the broom because <laughs> so because you know it's a broom, it's a weapon. Now everybody, or you can look at it as a tool, but you know I use it as a weapon. So right. I, I, you know I've seen other guys use the broom and it doesn't get close. No, so I use the broom to get out my frustration and aggression. So he hates it. And every time everybody's like, oh, because what I do is so it's three things. I kind of, you know, go and it's for pocket awareness, right? So up by the head, midsection and the feet. Okay. But like when he, when he, like when he frustrates me, I'm like, okay, it's broom drill. He's like, oh, and I swing it. So it'll go right by his face. He'll be like, oof. he would be like, coach, you got close. And I actually hit him in the face one time with the broom. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm not going to say if it was an accident or not, but he did frustrate me that day. So, yes, we used the broom. That's why. Yeah, he hates it, but that's why he's quick like that now. <laughs> I mean, I just rewatched the last fourth quarter overtime of that epic you know against the Colts it's almost like you were in the in the backfield with them swinging that broom <laughs> around I mean his pocket right. awareness was unbelievable that's why you do it yeah. right it serves right. No, purpose. That is. yeah it, it looks silly but it is there's a purpose behind it yeah man so yeah just fill us in real quick on how you guys met how you became close and, and how closely you work with Lamar to this day week to week 
Yeah, so I, I, I'd be remiss. I have to start off with uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Van Warren, who was his, um, his youth quarterback coach, came to him when he was eight years old, um, and, and Van in Pompano Beach, Florida, and Van said, hey, he said, I want to be, I'm a quarterback. So the neighborhood was kind of talking about him. They brought him to Van, and he said, if you could throw the ball 20 yards at eight years old, I'll train you. So they went out there. It went past 20 yards. So Van said, okay, I'll train you. So Van Warren trained Lamar from eight year old, eight years old every Sunday. And then uh, Lamar's mother joined in to help. She was like the boot camp disciplinarian. She did all the exercise, the push-ups, the sit-ups, the running around and all that stuff. So every Sunday from eight years old throughout high school, you could find Lamar on a Sunday afternoon for about three hours training with Van Warren, and his mother and other kids could come out uh, and do this. So anyway, um, I was a local high school head coach at a small private school in Pompano. And um, I went out there because I heard about the trainings and all of these things. And I had a son who played quarterback and I kind of wanted to get a different uh, voice in his ear. And so I met Van and Lamar's mother, Felicia Jones. And from there, I went out kind of for my son, but then I started helping coach. Uh, because I, you know, I knew the position and, and knew it. And then, so at some, and in, in Lamar's sophomore year of college, uh, they, they both kind of say, Hey coach, man, we think, you know, something, we think you could start taking Lamar to another level. And so that's when um, I started training him personally. And and he reached another level. I, I mean, I, <laughs> Brandon Staley, you know, put it so well, you know, yeah. obviously they're playing the Ravens this week. Uh, I, I can't get enough of his press conferences. He's just such an excellent communicator of a head coach. But I mean, he said there's never been a Lamar Jackson. Like we've never seen this before. I, I, I imagine you 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 would agree. I mean, Mike, Mike Vick did some special things, but I mean, maybe how how are they different? How is Lamar of one on one? The game is different. They, they, yeah. The way that the game is different, and it, the game suits like Lamar can like Vick would survive in this. He could play system too i think but that's the only comparison you can make i mean there is nobody else it's either vic or nobody and might be nobody now i don't know who's throwing the ball like he is i'm gonna tell you a guy we used to always me and van used to always say to lamar and maybe it's just of our age but we were like randall cunningham i mean randall had the long wind up but he could throw the ball especially later in his career you know what i mean what do you, what Randall do you think didn't about have that? the Randall wasn't as elusive as a he True. was a long strider. He was a long True. strider, like to your, but but he was. I mean, he was a, a different. He was a unique player too. I, yeah. It was yeah. You're right. He could throw that. I mean, I don't know how long, how far he could throw the ball. That would be. Right. Right. But I yeah, mean, to that. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Just gonna say, but you know, Lamar, 37 of 43. I don't, I don't know how, how many of those games, you know, Vic's putting together, even, even Cunningham is having. But, but, but like, it is a different game with the, you know, with the, just cause now the short pass is the run yeah. game. You know yeah, what I mean? So, a lot of those completions are, yeah. Exactly. So it, it is different, but I love the fact, and, and again, I guess this is just me being, you know, champion for my guy. I'm glad we're getting out of the next so-and-so and we can just look at Lamar as being the first Lamar. You know what I mean? Because it's always, it's, of course, it's an accomplishment 
to hear like, hey, you're like so-and-so, but you want to be recognized as being one of one. And, and I think that's starting to happen with Lamar, with the continue, with the consistency. And I'm really happy to hear that because, man, he's a special guy uh, on the field and off the field. So everything. 25 to nine, right? He can't come back. You get, you get Lamar down in the fourth quarter. He's done. Cause he's just a, he's just a running back playing court. I mean, we have a group chat with our friends and I swear it's every other day. We're just going at it about Lamar Jackson. Like they, they, in their heads, they're convinced that he's not a quarterback that he can't succeed in that moment. So I could not wait to fire away in that group chat after that game. But <laughs> I mean, they, they kind of symbolize a lot of people in this country who still don't believe, but you always have. We talked last year about it, Joshua. Like, so when they're down 25 to nine, what's going through your head? How are you taking this game in? Why is Lamar Jackson able to pull off what he just did against the Colts? Yeah, I'm, I'm never, I'm never panicked. I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, he, he, here we go again. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I believe he's coming back. You know what I mean? Even the next day I text him, I said, okay, so we just going to make every game interesting this year, huh? <laughs> you know, with the laugh emoji, <laughs> we laughed about it, you know, but it's like when it's 25 to nine and I'm like, okay, this is going to be one of those magical shows. Like that's really how I look at it now because it goes back to, I know the guy and I, and I've said this before, and obviously I'm a fan of other people. So you hear, you read the cliche about, you know, when it, the going gets tough, the tough get going or whatever. But he really is a person. And, and, I, and I've said this before over the years. I literally, when wanted to see his best performance, I would say something negative about him. And it was, it would be just like that. He'd throw me a perfect pass. There's something about him. He locks in and gets focused when there's adversity or when he's maybe doubted. So even like on that fumble on the two yard line or one yard line, it's crazy. It may sound crazy to you, but I'm almost like, yes, because I know what he's going to do. He is, cause it's, it's like, he doesn't, he's a, and I, I talk this all the time, like loyalty. He feels like he's letting his teammates down. And so when there's little moments like that in the game, and I think if y'all start to think about, these games he's had, there's probably been a moment in the first half or something where you've been like, dang, Lamar, why did you do that? You know what I mean? He takes that and it's like, I gotta, I can't let my teammates down. And he just goes to another place that a lot of people can't go. Well, Joshua, you must not gamble on games because you wouldn't have been happy that he fumbled on the two yard line. Like I was, I bet on, <laughs> I bet on Baltimore. I was, I was a little upset at that point. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you're right. Nothing phases him. Like he, you can tell he's going to fight through every, that's what makes him. That's what he did it at Louisville. He's doing it now. Yep. And the, the whole team knows it. The whole team is going to play. They're going to do everything they can because he does everything he can. That's, it's just incredible to watch their defense. Their defense isn't playing well. It's different, right? Yeah. If they're not yeah. playing. And again, now and that's like you said, Jim, over the years, we've always assumed defense, Running yeah. attack, right? Over That's this last ball. three, four years. They it's can throw the ball down here. the field now. Baltimore's throwing the ball exactly. down the field. Right. And and I love that connection so he totally has with different. Andrews, too. He and Andrews are that oh, yeah. connection oh, yeah. with Andrews. Yeah. I love when a quarterback has it's a special. trust in a tight end. I, yes, that, I agree. Special is a good word. Those two, that could be for, for a long time. Oh, yeah. And these are traits, and, and too. It's, and it's a position... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh. 
Yeah, no, and I was gonna say, and it's a like the tight end position is so under it was it's it's coming now. We got a lot of great tight, but it's so underutilized. Like it's 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 your safety blanket, it's your security blanket. And I and like like Jim said, man, I'm so happy that that is who he found to be his special connection because they, they can bail you out any situations of where they are. They're so versatile. So versus you know where a lot of one catch that one catch he made was incredible. I mean that was yeah, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, Andrew's a special man. And think about it. It was two tight ends drafted that year. And he was the One second. The, the greatest thing about Lamar Jackson is that Baltimore took Hayden Hurst before him in the first round. That is mind-blowing. Like when, <laughs> that doesn't get talked about enough. Tyler and I always talk about it, but we that doesn't get talked about enough. Right. People forget, you know, and I and I know because I was sitting there in that green room waiting, and I'm like, but yes, they took Hayden Hurst first. Yes. <laughs> Why? He's a good he's a good player, but right. Yeah. You you know you're talking about these traits this this never date never say die, you know, it factor that's inside of Lamar. I mean, that's something that Jim was trying to find, you know, when you're running the Buffalo Bills with Doug and it's every GM is trying to find that and it's you yep. know, in the media you sit there and you talk to the quarterbacks and their coaches and for the most part everybody's going to say, "Oh yeah, he's going to bust ass. He's the first guy in the building, last guy to leave. But how do you, how do you really find that? How, how do you identify it? Where did that, where did that come from? Why, why is it real with Lamar? You know, first off, I think his mother raised a great young man. You know what I mean? But, I, but if we're just talking football and I, and I don't think it's a formula, like, I don't, you know, it's not formulaic. Everybody's different, but man, if you look like Lamar, he did not go to the powerhouse high school. He went to Boynton Beach, and we used to talk about his mother used to talk about it on the Max Preps ranking. I think when he first went there, they were like negative two thousand something when it came to the ranking of high school. It's not a good, it's not a good high school program. The coach was good, but the, the program wasn't good. And he went there, you know what I mean? And he got them the respectable. They made it to a couple round of playoffs, had some great games. They were like ten and two for two years in a row. But he took a program that didn't really have a, a great reputation and he elevated it. He went to Louisville and he had opportunities to go to some different schools, Mississippi State with Dan Mullen, University of Florida, University of Miami. He, had, he went to Louisville. Again, Louisville is not a football powerhouse. He becomes the first Heisman Trophy winner there. And no, they didn't win a national championship or, or do that, but he elevated the profile of that. So I think, honestly, a lot of times, in this quarterback thing, we're looking for the guy. We, we look at things, the, the tangible things, or like we, we're picking the guy who won state championships, who threw for all these yards. But why was he able to do that? Was he taught all the right things to do? Did he have the best environment to do it? Because what happens is when, you know, as Jim knows, when you get to the NFL, these are the best of the best, and this is the chaos. You know, this is chaotic. Have you have you cultivated? Are you the type of person that knows how to get it done in any situation? And I believe Lamar is that person because he's always been that way. Even in youth football, he wasn't on the best programs. He took a program and they won the the youth Super Bowl, but again, they weren't a powerhouse. So he's done that. So I think he knows how to win, and, and I think we see it all the time. Only only Miami would talk about youth football. Only Miami brings up. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, see, <laughs> we live and die by it. Yes. <laughs> if you didn't do it in youth football, hey. you ain't nothing. I don't care if you're an NFL it's MVP. True. If we don't know you from youth football, we don't claim you. 
You're There's something to be said for that. Well, Jim, you're a gambler. Do you ever go down there to Miami and throw throw some money around? They gamble on these games <laughs> down there. I will go if, if Joshua leads me dead. If you take me, I'll go with you and, and walk me through the games and give me a little scouting report. But I would I would gamble on it for sure. We have spreads for youth games, I know. high school games. Yeah, there's the spread. I'd on that. Spreads. I would be all. I'd be who sets the spread? Day. Like who's setting the spread for a youth game? <laughs> The the bookies they said the spread they're spreads, they get they give points everything like it's going and and when we're saying youth games I'm talking about seven six eight years yeah. old they're spreads. Uncle Luke Luke Luther Campbell he said that you know he probably said <laughs> Luther Campbell is my son's high school head coach. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my god, I knew that. Man. They just they just October 12th dedicated a youth football field to him. It's Luther Campbell Field. He started a program that my son actually played for the Liberty City Warriors in the inner city of Miami. He helped start that over 20 yeah. years ago. Amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we live and breathe football here. Yeah. It, it is different. I mean, I imagine one of these bookies, they could just get one of these seven-year-olds and say, all right, hey, you know, if you just kind of take a take a dive here, there's a trip to Chuck E. Cheese in it for you. You know, <laughs> something. Uh, but you know, what your work with Lamar, so you know, we touched on it, I think, last year, but what, during the season, how are you helping him out? Because obviously off-season, you're probably out there on the field. You're, it can be more hands-on. Um, but what's life like for you now? Teaching English, raising kids, helping Lamar? How do you fit it all in? Yeah, I actually have some time today because I was uh, I had scheduled a young lady to help her with her personal statement for college, write her essay, but she had other plans. That's how I had this opening. Or I would be here to about 530 helping with that so that's kind of how my life goes but when it comes to Lamar in season I kind of enjoy it because um I take a I take a more positive approach during the season right and I guess I look at it psychologically like he's got all this other stuff going he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders you know ESPN creating articles about him all these other platforms all these articles so what usually happens is he has a game on Sunday I watch it um and I evaluate it uh, and so I don't say anything to him, but so Mondays, um, I always will send him a text of, and I'll say this, I send him a text. What I try to do is be positive and light about it, right? If I can, um, you know, so like I said, even for this last game, I was, you know, there's no critique. It's just, oh man, we, we making things interesting these days, right? Uh, so, and I try to do that because again, I'm sure he's got a whole bunch of people in his ear and his coaches, you know what I mean? Which he needs to listen to first on the Baltimore Ravens staff. But what I do do is there's, when there's times that I see kind of some traits or some habits developing um, on that Monday, I'll send him something and, and just kind of give him a reminder. Hey, pay attention to this. I'm starting to see this come up a little bit, do this. And so, you know, he always responds positively to that. And usually I'll see it in his game. Um, and, and we'll do it. So that's that's kind of how it works in the in the season. Weekly, weekly little text chats where uh, I'm usually positive. But if I need to tell him some things I'm seeing that I know we've talked about in the offseason or work together in the offseason, I'll remind him. So it's kind of like uh, I wouldn't say a tune up, but, you know, just a little check. Right. I mean, things are going great now there was a point. But last season and I forgot about this common denominator that we got on this podcast, but like. Jim, I mean, you, you worked with Greg Roman in Buffalo um, day to day. And th there was a point, a lot of those receivers in Baltimore didn't seem too happy with the offense. A lot of them aren't there anymore. Uh, 
how did that kind of all shake out? I mean, the he, Roman's still there. You know, Marquise is still there. They, they bring in Sammy. They draft Bateman. It seems like everybody's kind of singing kumbaya now. Is the offense schematically at a good place, you think, when it didn't seem like it was at, at points, you know, taking the – you're going to read into a tweet here and there from a receiver. Yeah. Uh, this for me or Jim? For you. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, well, 740 yards in the last two <laughs> weeks tells you it's doing pretty well. But, yeah, I think um, I think you're seeing, you know, we, we saw the underlining from receivers and all this, just wanting to be more involved in the offense. And I think there's a thing that happens when something is so special. It's human nature to, like, milk it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so – it was it, it was a heavily run based offense because Lamar is special at it, as we saw in that obscure stat record that nobody knew of the 43 games and 100 yards a game. Right. Like he's special running the ball. But I think the receivers knew because they spent so time with, with so much time with him. They know he can throw the ball. They know that they can also get traditional receiver stats. I think what people are seeing this season they knew that. And so um, I think, you know, God works in mysterious ways. I, I know there was an emphasis to, to pass more, but then all the running backs got injured. You know what I mean? So it's almost now, it's almost kind of forced upon them. And, and, and we just been blessed that it's been working. You know what I mean? Which again, is showing off to, like you say, you, your friends and others who say he's not a quarterback, like, oh yeah. Why does he keep breaking all these quarterback records? You know, right? I was I was listening to the the the, the broadcast. They kept talking about accuracy early on, right? It's like, yeah, he ended up with an eighty six percent completion passage. Can we stop? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, there, it's it's easy to kind of point the finger at him because he's so good at running. When I, I kind of liked it. You know, Steve Smith was the one right on NFL Network. He didn't hold back after that game talking about the offense and the routes. Like, yeah. but now that they have to pass, they have to do it. They're pulling the trigger. I mean, Jim, you, you worked with, with Roman. What's your take on how everything's kind of fitting together now? I think it says a lot that Sammy Watkins went there um, because Sammy was in Buffalo with, you know, with Roman. And, and we, you know, we had a tough time getting Sammy the ball. And he's at a point now in his career, Sammy's just smart. You know, he's growing up a little bit. He's like, oh, I'm going to play with Mahomes. Okay. You guys don't want me. I'll go play with Lamar. I, that's, that makes sense. And their yards per attempt, it's, they're throwing the ball down the field. I mean, Sammy, Sammy just can't stay healthy. But yeah. like, think about that Detroit game. If, if Marquise catches the ball, we're not even, that, that's not some, his stats are even crazier. Lamar's stats are even crazier. So, and, and Andrews gets his stats. So this offense, this is what Greg Roman does. I mean, he really can, yeah. when, when it's operating, when the quarterback understands everything that Roman's asking, which Lamar definitely does, this is what happens. He's spreading the wealth. Everybody's getting theirs. Bateman's coming back. That'll be interesting to see how they mix him in. But, and, and for them to do this with the running backs getting hurt says so much. So it just, Lamar's just, I mean, we keep saying it. I mean, it's, it's sky the limit. The only thing he has to deal with is the AFC. The AFC yeah, right. Quarterback right. loaded. You know, it's just quarterback loaded. This is a special time in the AFC. I mean, no it really doubt. is. With young no quarterback, doubt. like every week, it's like, really, another one? Yeah. Herbert, Bur <laughs> Herbert Burrow just come on the scene. You already have Josh Allen and Lamar and Mahomes. It's like, 
it, it's it's unbelievable. Man. Yep. But um, I also love what Jim said, too, about Lamar knowing Greg Roman's mm-hmm. offense. And I think fans don't understand that at a at it, time. Like, it takes time. It takes time. Like, they, I don't think they really – and I, I even tell my student athletes, my guys I train, I'm like, you got to understand, when you get to, if you don't like to do schoolwork now, how do you think you're going to do it when you get to the NFL and you see that playbook and all the nuances <laughs> and intricacies of the playbook? Like, you've got to be a decent student. If you think you're going to be a good NFL player, it's yeah. not all, they're not running out there off instincts, <laughs> you know? No. And so it takes time. And I think no, that's no. What also what we're seeing. He, he knows the offense now. He knows the check downs, you know, where yes. people are supposed yes. to be. And it's not from a, it's not from a lack of intellect or being a student, you know, or not being a student of the game. It just takes time. And then the run scheme I mean, whether it was Richie Incognito, Eric Wood, um, there's a coach that worked with with Roman at one point. He told me the same thing. It is like beyond complex with mm-hmm. what they're doing up front, right? I mean, the, it's next. I mean, you could see it in that Chiefs game. I mean, the Chiefs, th- their heads were spinning on a swivel play to play. They didn't know, you know, who had the ball, where they were going. Um, but that's a whole other dynamic, you know, in addition to the check down stuff you're talking about. Well, Tyler, and that great point you bring up, again, for the casual fan, they think the run game is just hand the ball off, get the guy in front of you and run. They don't realize the scheme of running, the, the, the complication of it, and even the, the decision-making that it takes to handle that run game. You know, they think that a quarterback's intellect is only in the passing game. That, that run game, as you said, is intricate, detailed, and complex. There's more to it than just hand the ball off left and right. That mesh point. I mean, knowing how long to, to hang on to that, reading that free end. It's there's an art to that. Like, I mean, there's a lot of athletic court. They just can't. They just can't do it. They might have the and physical and, ability, but. And I'm glad you brought that because I was just about to say that because I tell people all this time in interviews, and and it's kind of like they're like, yeah, but they don't understand what I'm saying. I'm like, he's almost a savant when it comes to that zone read because people will think he just pulled it. And he didn't pay attention. No, he reads it that quick. It's the same when you're amazed at how fast Tom Brady reads the defense and throws a ball with anticipation. That's Lamar when it comes to that zone read. He's a savant when it comes to that. He reads that that end or that scraping linebacker like that. And, and that's a gift that people don't realize is quarterback talent, football IQ. And how does he live in the trenches like that and avoid the kill shots? He doesn't get hit. I mean, he gets hit, but he doesn't really, he's in there with the 300 pounders, you know, a lot of 30, 40 plays of a game. And, and it's, he, he avoids it. There's an art to that. There's smarts to that. Listen, he is, and that's again, he's a gifted runner. And, and to be honest, Go, and this is where people bring running backs, but I'm like, go look at your favorite running back, and he's probably not as gifted a runner as Lamar. This is also to what Jim was saying, I'll credit to, to uh, South Florida youth football. It's Their games are so big. We're so into it. When you make those little jukes and make people miss, the smallest little ju- juke, the crowd be like, ooh. <laughs> like, so kids live for that. So you see, he's always juking, right? Even if it's just going to get is. him a half yard. That's because he grew up in South Florida and everybody's like, ooh, ooh. You know, it's, it's just crazy here when you do that little stuff. So that's what our kids do. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. You're I love right, it. though. There really there aren't any running backs that there aren't any running backs that make people miss like that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. 
Shady McCoy, Shady McCoy was special for making for always avoiding hits, you know, yep. in the inside in the inside run game. He never got, you know, he knew how to he had a special ability, but it's this it's still different. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna he's gonna make himself a lot of money here too, Lamar. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, Josh, yeah. that's in, that's incredible <laughs> that he's handling that. I love that he's doing that. I, I thank you, man. Like I say, man, hats off to them and, and just from yes. the beginning, you know, going through the process. You know, his mother and, and him, they looked at it, did a lot of research and were just like, is it. this necessary? You know what oh. I mean? And, and you know, and again, I was a part of it and I was like, hey, you know, y'all are just, y'all are crazy enough to pull this off. And they have, and I think it's amazing. Like you said, we live in an era where it's just empowerment really? and and they're, they're, op- they're pulling back the curtain on some things and just yeah. showing like this guy did it himself, about to be a, get a mega deal. And this is all with him and his Real. mother. It's real simple. Look up yep. Josh Allen's contract. Go a little above that. Settle right. maybe for a little less than Mahomes because he did win a Super Bowl. Yep. There's your contract. Seriously. Right. That's it. That, that's that's, it. that's it. He can't go anywhere. That's it. That's what he deserves. That's what he's earned. And Baltimore should do that. Yep. I mean, it, it, and that's why when people talk about it, I'm like, it's not as hard as you think it is. You just, you just said it. It's like, okay, Josh Allen just signed. You know, it, again, oh, not saying anything controversial, but Lamar has produced more than Josh Allen as far as individually. He's been an MVP. So yeah. he's above that. But like you said, the next guy would be Patrick Mahomes was the MVP and a Super Bowl winner. He hasn't so, achieved that yet. But, and now they say, why hold out? Well, he has a chance to win a Super Bowl. If he does that, then maybe you got to give Pat Mahomes money. You know, there's an argument. And he might, and he might get yeah. it and go for it. Go for it right. all. Go we for saw it. it. We saw it in the regular season. If we see it in the playoffs... He better be exactly. asking for more than Mahomes. Yes. Right. So and it's just as simple as that. <laughs> don't have to be harder than that. And really, I don't know. What does an agent take? Like 15%? What is like the going rate for these guys? Well, I don't even know what it is. In the NFL, it's actually lower. Than the, I think the, the max is 3%. 3% oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Right. But then they 3%. make their money on the other stuff, the other financial yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? And so forth. Yeah. But yeah, the contract itself is 3%. Yeah. It's funny. I'm just, I'm doing my first book right now. And I think the, I think it's 15% for that, but I, I, I wouldn't know what the hell I'm doing. Like I, I absolutely need somebody <laughs> to lead the way because I, I, I've never talked, never done this process. A little, a little different when you're Lamar Jackson, just revolutionizing football and you got the NFL by the ball. So yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's in a good position. <laughs> but most of the contract is filling the blank. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's pretty, it's mostly written for itself. Yes. There's a few details, yeah, that are, stuff. you know, but come on, man. It ain't that tough. It, you know what's, man, I go back and forth because, I mean, I'm, I know some really good agents. Um, is it, you know, Mugaletta has, has become such a high profile agent. He's got a lot of studs and it seems like they're all making so much money. And there's part of me that's like, man, he, he must be doing something, right? Like he, there is a competitiveness behind the scenes, but I guess well, when you're well, Lamar, when you're in that stratosphere, maybe it doesn't matter. And, and I was going to say that, like, I do know, and, in the draft process and other things, there was information we didn't know that if you had an agent, you would have been aware because they're in that circle. And it's just like, you know, me uh, uh, as, as an attorney, uh, there's information that clients can't get, get to just because we're trying to keep the good old boy network together. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, if you had an attorney, the judge would answer you back quicker. Not because the judge can't answer you. It's just like, I want you to hire an attorney because that's how we all get paid, right? So I know there's things and info that we didn't get during the process, 
because he didn't have an agent. But that's where it goes to. He happened to be a Heisman Trophy winner, then follow that up as a Heisman Trophy uh, runner-up. I mean, I'm sorry, candidate. He was like, I think second runner-up. And then, you know, also he had a he had a big platform. So there is a lot of stuff that agents do do for you. But mm-hmm. as you see, if you've got common sense and you've got somebody willing to put in the work and you can just have a lawyer on your team, you can manage without an agent. But you will miss out on some information and kind of the hubbub that goes on at these meetings. Um, but that's it. Man, I think we doubled the time that uh, that we promised you there. So I, I mean, you, you're you're in a library right now at the school. You're teaching. How, I always forget. Is it four or five kids that you have, Joshua? Four, four, four. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably busy. How do you do it? Like we're we're tr- both, we we have kids now. Like how do you balance it all? Let's let's get some life advice for our listeners. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's it's just it's it's one foot forward, man. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like. I think at the end of the day, it's just you love your kids and you're trying to get everything done for them, right? So it's like, I'll do it, you know what I mean? And I'm going to find a way. And then even in my job, like, I love my students, you know what I mean? So whatever they need, I get it done. So like, even like you said yesterday, I was at the school, I got to school at six and then I had some students applying and I love my students. So so they're trying to get it done. I was here to 5.30, but then my daughter had a little performance at 6.30, about an hour away. And then traffic was bad. And it's, you know what I mean? And then my sons were coming home from football practice and I had to get that. And it's just like, I love all of these people. So I get it done. I don't, so I can't really tell you how I do it. I just know that everybody I'm doing this for, I love them. You know what I mean? And that's what kind of gets me going through it all. And it, it just works. I love it. I love it. No, none, nobody should bitch about, you know, being too busy. You just find a way, you know, if, <laughs> yeah, if the people it. matter, you just do it. You just do that's it. That's exactly it. Yep. Yep. You make a way, you know, even my wife called me on the way. She was like, you know, they're closing doors at 630. I'm like, yes, I know. You know what I mean? For my daughter's performance. And I got there at 615. I got there with 15 <laughs> minutes to spare. But again, it's just that if people matter somehow, some way, it'll all work out if you're trying to do it for them. And that is why you are the great Joshua Harris more than anything to do with Lamar Jackson. So thank, thank you so much for spending a half hour with us here, man. Uh, great to see you here. Yeah. Let, let, let's do it again soon. Yes, sir. I, I love it, man. Can't wait. Nice I appreciate you, it, man. Hey, pleasure, Jim. Nice to meet you. Thanks so much.